You are listening to the RTE Today podcast, featuring some of our best bits from the show on RTE One weekdays at 3.30. You are very welcome back to the show. We have our panel in studio. We have from the Irish Daily Mail, Fiona Looney. We have broadcaster Anton Savage. And on Skype, we are joined by screenwriter Stephanie Prizer. Father Anton, we're going to start with you. Parky Reeve, our super value park, our park super value What's the scale? Well, this is going to be interesting. Naming rights are a fairly familiar thing. You're used to, you know, at the Emirates mm. or at the uh, Three Arena or at the Aviva. What tends to, what is the, the common denominator, of course, all, all of those is most of them were geographical titles that were swapped out. So the point was actually the point of the walls in, mm. in Dublin Port. Um, likewise, Lansdowne Road was the road it was built on. What's interesting about Porky Cueve is that ain't a geographical name. That's the name of Podrick O'Cueve, who was uh, Roscommon-born, but sort of Cork-owned, 35 years involved in the GAA, 35 years involved in Cork GAA, and the stadium named after him. Unfortunately, there's no money in naming the stadium after Podrick O'Cueve, mm-hmm. so they are now looking to change it to Super Value Pork, Park Super Value, however they're yeah. going to end up uh, calling it. A deal that apparently the report suggests is going to be in the region of 200, 300 grand a year, million-ish mm-hmm. through until 2026. The deal is done, but it's not ratified. Mm-hmm. And okay. ratification <laughs> is always an interesting thing when it comes to the GAA. Yeah. And ratification is tonight. It's going to the Cork County Board to decide whether or not this is going to go ahead. And already some interesting voices have come into the mix. Michal Martin has said that he is surprised and disappointed at this, and his namesake, a Fianna councillor and former Nemo Rangers chair, uh, Sean Martin, he has come out to say that he effectively thinks that this is throwing away the tradition and should be reversed. So it's going to be an interesting discussion this evening. Anton, as a proud Cork woman now, there are definitely very passionate responses <laughs> to this coming out. Michal Martin is very annoyed at the suggestion that this could be renamed Super Valley Park, and so many other people are as well. Now, the argument in favour of it is that there isn't a whole pile of cash knocking mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Currently, the, uh, they've been running at uh, deficits and losses recently, so this at least would stem some of that. Mm-hmm. Tide. So there is a legitimate reason for doing it. But again, nobody mourns when Lansdowne Road gets taken off a title. People will mourn when a person who has seen us having been significant, mm-hmm. even in the creation of the state, because he was a, a volunteer yeah. back in the 20s. Fiona, what about bringing everybody together here? <laughs> <laughs> And I can't see this being passed. I have to be honest. I think tomorrow we're going to be talking about how this has been turned down. Um, I will say I was very upset when they changed the name of Lansdowne Road. And I still refer to it as Lansdowne Road. And I still call it The Point. Mm -hmm. But look, I still call V-Zimac. So, like, I mean, I'm Have you switched from Amiens Street Station to Connolly Station yet? Yeah, I'm not. No, I've probably just about to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with all the old brands. You know, it's a marathon. It's not (laughs) But, you know, I think Anton is right. You know, this is a... a, There is a person... And, and, you know, it's Nemo Rangers. I mean, it's one of the biggest clubs in the country. Mm -hmm. and, And rightly so, a very important club. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I'm loathed. I don't like renaming stadiums, full stop. I mean, when I hear about the hunky-dory stadium on the sports news, I want to snigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a compromise? Could it be the super value Parky Kiev? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the only way they're going to get, yeah. get it passed. Otherwise, you don't think so. If they have some kind of a hybrid but they have to keep the O'Keefe there. I cannot see it getting past yeah, the, the any county board at least moment is definitely that it's not a runner. Stephanie, you're from Cork as well. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? 
Yeah, maybe controversially, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think if you stopped 100 people on Pana and asked them who Porky Cueve is named after, many of them wouldn't be able to tell you. And that actually the commercial investment in the GAA is what is significant. And if people aren't queuing up to pay 300 grand a year to Porky Cueve to keep it sustained, to keep hurlies and slitters in the hand of, you know, young people, the grassroots of, of, of court GAA, then I think overall this is a good thing. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, emotion. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that I'm not hugely into sport, but I just think if somebody wants to invest money in a, in a, in a stadium that is really important to the county, then I wouldn't be sniggering at it. Yeah, uh, Superval, you have been with the GA for a long time, though, Anton, for the last 14 years. I've been with the GA a long time and are, of course, Cork themselves. It's the Musgraves yeah, family that ultimately owns Supervalue, so it is a Cork brand. I, one of the interesting things is there is also a subsidiary set of naming rights, which are going to the three companies, uh, two of them I can remember, one being Boston Scientific, the other being PepsiCo, again, because of their link with Cork. But I think it shows how the Irish state has changed, mm-hmm. that you are brushing Podrick O'Keeve out of the way to replace him with Boston Scientific. Mm-hmm. It shows the way that the nation has gone over the past while. The one difficulty there will be with the compromise, if they do something like the Super Value Porky Cueve Stadium, is most of the big naming rights deals are predicated on the impact they have. So they do surveys after about yeah. nine months in a year. And if people don't come back and say Super Value first up, then you sacrifice back money because it hasn't had the effect it's meant to. I'd wonder would there be a wariness of saying let's go halfway? Because if you call it the Super Value Porky Cueve, everybody will just go back to. Cleave, like, yeah. But even though if, if you're mentioning it on TV, then I'd imagine you'd be obliged to call it the super value mm-hmm. Porky Cleave or whatever they're going well, to call it. I've yeah. never understood why broadcasters do it. I've never understood why broadcasters accept the corporate name on a stadium. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not paying me. I'm going to call it Lansdowne well, Road yeah, until Aviva sends me a check. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine yeah. in, in, in that case that the, there's a deal between whatever company and the GA or the Cork GA, and then there's a deal between the GA and, say, RT or RTG Car. So I'd imagine... I wonder, I don't think yeah. they're going around, I do not think the GA is going to go around to every local broadcaster and say, here's a tenner, will you please call it the Super Value Stadium? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if it's landed in front of you in your script, you're probably going to say it. I do think as well there's a certain yeah. irony in any company trying to rename something in Cork, the county where nothing is called by its proper name anyway. So like, Pana, they're, on a, exactly, <laughs> they're on a hiding to nothing. You know? That's Patrick Street, I think, isn't it? It, it is Patrick is. Street, 100%. Yeah. We've, we've got our viewers' uh, thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Should Porky Cueve be changed to Super Value Pork? And 65% said no. 35% said yes. And actually, I think maybe some people might be surprised by the percentages. It, it, it can't be Super Value it. Pork anyway, because that's just wrong. It's either Pork <laughs> Super Value or it stays the same or a hybrid or something. But the Super Value Pork doesn't make any sense in English or in Irish. We'll get them to the meeting tonight. <laughs> that's I'd it. No, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to be at the meeting tonight, believe me. No, we'll move on. Fly on the wall for that. Now, tonight, there is a very interesting program on RTE1 and this is about the religious vocations dying out. Um, we're looking at the nuns tonight. Last night it was the loss of priests mm-hmm. um, and Stephanie you've been looking at this story. Yeah this is a story in the Daily Mail by Sarah Slater today um, which states as you've just read the, the headline religious vocations are dying out at the average age of nuns tops 80 so people are not going to to, women are not turning to the to the nunnery and men are not turning to the priesthood anymore. Um, and so with priests, it's over 70 and with nuns, it's over 80. And it just got us thinking, you know, what is the cause of this? And for me, I think it's that it's such 
it's such a life of, I'm not going to say deprivation, but when we look, particularly this time of year, we have so many psychologists on all these programs talking about how important connection is and how important your social circle is and your romantic relationships and your family relationships. And we're asking people to go into the church and deprive themselves of all of that to be married to God or whatever phrase we want to put on it. And I think that the reason people aren't going into it is because it's too much of a stultifying life and it's not fair to ask people to forego those crucial elements of their life. Are we asking them or are they asking themselves this, Fiona? Well, the church is obviously yeah. asking them. You know, yeah, I think it's in, I think it's a combination of things, obviously. And, you know, and, and the one that you have to acknowledge is that the fall off in faith mm-hmm. in this yeah. church, you know, in kind of institutional religion. And a lot of that, obviously, is at the... It's the fault of the institutions of, you know, the priesthood and of nuns because, you know, the mismanagement of children and young women and, you know, so much more in this country, like, lies squarely at their door. So, you you know, there is an element to that. But it, I, I watched, actually, funny enough, I didn't see The Last Priest last night because I was working, but I did mm-hmm. see the programme afterwards. And there was some really interesting conversations about this, you know. Was it the of, Katie Hannon programme? The Katie yeah, Hannon one, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, you know, the future of the church. But it is that thing that you kind of go like, you know, it, why would this life appeal to anyone? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's very hard in the modern world to imagine what that life would be like, you know. The other thing is, I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by, we tend to treat them as if they're equal, the life of priests and the, the mm-hmm. life of nuns. I've always been intrigued by the the inbuilt quiet misogyny that there is, mm-hmm. even in the comparison of the two. I remember talking to a nun years ago, and she, she said that she deeply resented the fact that if you were in a male congregation, you got a cigarette allowance. If you were in a female congregation, you didn't get a cigarette allowance because women shouldn't have been smoking, was the view. <laughs> I've dealt uh, uh, so many years ago with uh, a nun who had been part of building a local school and they had to I think they were selling the land or something along those lines but they had to go back to the original inception of the school and they found the letter that they wrote seeking permission and I memorised the first sentence of the letter because I thought it was an extraordinary thing for somebody to have to write they uh, had to write to Rome and the the letter began "Most, um, most holy father humbly prostrate at your feet we beg indulgence now this is to open a school and the condition that was sent back was that they had to provide a housekeeper for the local diocesan priest were they to do it to open a school and you look at this life and you think who in the modern age where if you have yeah. a call to be altruistic yeah. you can do it through an NGO yeah. the scope mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. and you can still lead a normal life and be part of your community I can't I'm, I'm stunned that there is anybody still involved mm. do you think that it offers maybe people somewhere safe to live that they, you know they don't have to maybe worry about bills that they, they in previous generations, the opportunity to get education. Oh, undoubtedly, it, it offered a, a, a huge outlet. It offered a community. It offered a, a sense of purpose. And there was great work done. I mean, I remember talking to somebody who was in, involved in, in um, the health business, and they were talking about staffing what had formerly been a congregational hospital. And they said one of the difficulties was that when a nun retired, you had to replace her with three people. Mm-hmm. Because she'd get up and get breakfast, she'd go into the hospital, she would be there for 14 hours, yeah. come home, eat the dinner, and go back into the hospital. So there was a huge degree of, of vocational output. But if you say to somebody nowadays, is, is this the life that you want to live? The, the world has changed, I think. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, and I'm like, you know, the security in old age is one thing, mm-hmm. but it's a hell of a sacrifice to make just to get yeah. three square meals a day. You know, on the other side, if it's your calling, if it's your calling in life, and if you want to do it, Stephanie, yeah. it is totally up to you. It is, absolutely. Uh, I think 
that there are few there there are fewer people doing it now, <coughs> but there are some people who feel very much called to that kind yeah. of life. Um, and I would hate to think that people are kind of talked out of it if that is mm-hmm. the way that their you know heart or mind wants to go. Yeah. yeah. Now the the last nuns in Ireland can be seen tonight here on RT One at a quarter past ten, and the last priest in Ireland you can find it on the RTE player. Now, Fiona, the words that are at the top of our children's list have been revealed by the Oxford Dictionary. It's frightening, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so exactly. the, word, the, the, uh, the, the word of 2023, so this was chosen by several thousand children, you know, who were asked, obviously, specifically to give the word of the year. Um, and the word, the word they chose is climate change, which makes me wonder what way they're teaching English in schools in the UK if they think climate change is one word. <laughs> but that is a pedant in me. Um, and the runner-up was war. Now, I guess that people think this is really sad. Mm. I guess, I, I understand that people think, my God, what are our children being exposed to? They went to children and they said, give us a word of the year. No child is going to say, Teletubby. You know, mm-hmm. they know that the word of the year has to be a word that captures the year. So I think we could get way too excited about what this means. Mm-hmm. I think what it means is that children are savvy enough to know they don't exist in a void. These are the subjects that are pe- people are mm-hmm. talking about. And honestly, if they're worried about climate change as a child, isn't that brilliant? Just a quick question. What, what are we talking? What child, what age are we talking about? Do we know... Um, Anton, you're my... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how you would have me under that bus. Six to 14, I'm told. Six to 14, I'm sorry. I didn't read that part myself, so I'll take the blame for that one, Fiona. Can I suggest, by the way, that the two of you started club, between you with your grammar around stadium <laughs> super value and you worrying about the things that happen no, I would agree totally with Fiona on this, is that there are two things emanating it. One is that the fact of, isn't it great that kids are that aware of what is going on on the world but also I think there is a bit of a lesson for parents in this because there is a tendency yeah. to say don't literally mm. don't mention the war don't mention that which is difficult don't mention that which is challenging whereas what this shows is that kids are already aware of it and need the bit of guidance and advice yeah. through it yeah. rather than sweeping it under the carpet and pretend it doesn't exist Stephanie you're preparing for, for baby number two small baby at home what are your thoughts on this as a parent on the children of the year, or the, the words of the year. Um, yeah, I think it was interesting to look back at previous years. Um, and so in 2023, it's climate change. 2022, Queen. 2021, anxiety. 2020, coronavirus. 2019, Brexit. Um, so just kind of following up on Anton's point, it's clear that like kids are really tuned in. They might not necessarily know what Brexit is I mean I barely know what Brexit is Um, so um, but but just that they're tuned in and you know we see such horrors on the news these days and we're a family that watch a lot of news like I watch it in the morning I watch it at 5 30 I watch it at 6 I watch it again at 7 Um, and I was texting a friend of mine who's a child psychologist being like at what point do I have to stop watching the news because she's cognizant of what she's seeing now she's only 16 months so you know I'm not really filtering it yet but you know it is something that I have to try and balance like how much do you want them to be aware of what's happening in the world and how much do you shield them from that and I'm any tips are welcome well Stephanie we know you have good news on the way and you know what we wish you all the best and we'll be thinking about you in the next few days as well and thanks for being with us we'll see you soon Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye now. Fiona, Santon, Gurmagov, Shilesh, great to have you. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to tune in to the Today Show every weekday on RTE1 from 3.30. Or, if you miss the show, you can watch it back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.